Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Church Podcast. of our series, Simon Peter. This is week four. If you've missed any of it, man, I would encourage you to go back, watch the video, listen to the podcast. Um, Today, I was planning on preaching a different message than I am preaching. I was planning on preaching on Peter's temper, Simon Peter's temper, how he had an anger problem, how he had a temper problem, um, and he just messed up all the time, and it was his temper that really led him there. Um, And for some of you, maybe you've got a temper problem, uh, uh, you've got an anger problem, an anger issue, you're off the hook today. You're welcome. Um, So um, get mad about that, why don't you? But um, anyways, Matthew... (laughs) This message came to me about one in the morning on Wednesday morning to about three. I woke up. Casey's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I've got, I'm like, God's talking to me. I've got a whole message in my head. She's like, are you serious right now? I'm like, yes. I was ordering little rubber rafts off Amazon at like three in the morning. Um, I was like, I got, I got to go. I'm going to lose it. So, um, so hopefully this message was put together at one to three in the morning. Hopefully it's not, I shouldn't entitle it Mushrooms and Rainbows, but um, Matthew 14, verse 22 through 33 says this, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of them to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night, he was there all alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Now, most most Bible scholars believe that that time is about 3 to 4 in the morning while they are out on the lake. So I want you to picture this. They've been rowing all night. They're still in the middle of the lake. There's a storm going on. They're cold. They're scared to death. And the, the picture I love, the reason I want us to pause for just a second on this, it's dark, and they're tired, and they're worn out. But yet Jesus shows up. In the dark, why they're tired, and why they're worn out. And this, this isn't in my message, but just, if you're here today and it's dark, and your soul's tired, and your soul is worn out, can I tell you, that's when Jesus shows up. Man, he's right there in the middle of it with you. So don't give up. Keep rowing. I heard a message about that not too long ago. Keep rowing. Keep doing what God has called you to do, because he knows right where you are. Verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. 
It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Now, now you got to imagine, this has never been done in the history of time. This has never been recorded. We have the, the advantage of knowing what's going on because we've heard the story of Jesus walking on water. But, but the disciples, they have no idea what this is, who this is. And Jesus comes walking on water at these disciples, and they totally freak out, right? I mean, this is like science fiction to them. They're like, what in the world's going on? They're scared to death. And it said, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Simon Peter is my boy right here. I'm like, that is my man, right? Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. This thing sealed it for the disciples, right? Like, like feeding 5,000 people with like a, a couple of breadsticks and two fish nuggets didn't convince them. Like, okay, yeah, you are, you're the son of God. You're, you're something else. Um, you're, you're, you're the man right now. Um, I love this text. It's so full of so many different things. Um, just this simple text. But there's three things I want us to talk about today. And really most of it involves the boat. Most of this text for me um, at 1 to 3 in the morning involved the boat that the disciples were in. And so our first point from this text I want to talk to you about is, is this. You have to leave your comfort to experience the miraculous. You have to leave your comfort to experience the miraculous. Um, the, the, the boat to me represents so many things today. And, and this first point probably the meat of the message, the longest part of the message. Um, but for me, the, the boat represented a, a couple of things. The first thing to me it represented was safety and comfort. Safety and comfort. The boat was a place they had known. They knew this thing. They, they, they were fishermen, most of them. They were comfortable in a boat. They, this was part of their past. This was kind of part that they weren't really far removed from. Um, this, this really represented something that they were, they were, this was a comfort zone to them. But can I tell you, man, comfort zones are easy, but nothing grows there. Right? Comfort zones are great to stay in. Not really. Um, they're easy to stay in, but nothing new grows in the comfort zone. For some of us, you know what? We've been comfortable for way too long. And, and, and this is what we've known, and this is what we're used to, and this is what we're good with. And in and, and our boat, we feel comfortable in it, and we've allowed who we've been and our past to really dictate our future. And if we're not careful, we can stay in the boat. And if we choose to stay in the boat, if we choose to exist in the boat... We never experience the miraculous. The miraculous very, very seldomly happens where you're comfortable. Very seldomly does the miraculous things that God wants to do in your life happen where it's easy. Right? The boat represents comfort, but it also represents safety. Boat was safe to these guys. 
These guys knew how to maneuver a boat. So they got in this bad boy. And they were like, hey, I'm in a boat. There's a storm coming. I've been in a storm. I'm okay with this. You just keep rowing. And this was what was supposed to keep them safe from the waves and the winds and all the things coming their way. They're like, bring it. I got a boat. I'm ready. I'm, I'm kind of sheltered in this. And I'm, I'm going to be okay and all right. Now, to me, to me, the reading of this text, if I'm Jesus, I'm kind of giggling when I walk up to the disciples because I'm like, that boat ain't going to help you do anything, right? Like you are just a moment from capsizing if it's as bad as what I'm reading. And it would be kind of like me. Like this morning as there was a huge storm, and I think we had a massive storm like Thursday night and a Friday all day and whatever. I'm not a weatherman, so um, just go to News Channel 8 and check it out. We don't even have any. Oh, Fox 23, you're welcome, Sarah. Um, but... Um, <laughs> I had to correct it. Sorry, Sarah, she's going to leave. Um, but it'd be like watching Fox 23 News for the weather and me going, you know what? I think I'm going to take this rubber raft out to Keystone Lake and I can make it from this side to that side while it's lightning and it's storming and there's a rain going. I'm good though, because I got this rubber raft that's going to float and it's going to make it, right? You would look at me and be like, that's the dumbest idea in the world. You're not going to do this. And I think for, the, for God looking at this whole thing, he's like, what are they doing? They're not going to get where I'm telling them to go in that. And I think for a lot of us, we think, we think this. If I, can, if I can put enough money back, I can kind of bubble wrap my life, right? I, I can put enough safety procedures around that I will never experience the trials and the storms that other people have. If I invest enough here, if I do this, if I spend, if I know this many people, if I know this much information, if I go to this school, if I do this, then I'm gonna, I'm going to have this safety moment where my life's gonna be okay because of my boat. And I think that's gotta look like to God, man, he's just going, no, 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 no. It's not about your ability, it's not about your money, it's not about who you know, it's about who you're obeying. It's about are you willing to get out of your boat while it's crazy, while it's going nuts, so that you can experience the miraculous, or are you more consumed about staying safe? Right? I'm, I'm just going to say, this is safe, this is comfortable, this is where I'm good, this is, I'm okay here, but, but hear me, you're never going to experience, you're never going to walk on water if you keep existing in your boat. If you keep existing where you stay safe and comfortable. Hear me, Jesus didn't say that he came that you might have a comfortable, safe life, did he? No. In John 10, 10, he says, I came that you may have life and have it to the full. Or have it more abundantly. Can I tell you when life is more abundant, when life is full for me, I'm usually doing something crazy, right? I'm like, wow, this is amazing, right? I, it's not staying in the safety of my bed that I'm experiencing life, but yet that's how we want to live life out. And if you're going to experience the miraculous and the calling that God has for you at some point in time, you've got to get out of the boat of comfort and safety, what you've always known and what is safe, and start walking. Walking after what God is calling you to experience, the miraculous calling that he has on your life. But here's the other thing this boat represents. It represents the comfort of others. 
Simon Peter had all his boys in the boat. And these guys are good guys. These guys, these guys are great guys. But what I love about Simon Peter is he wasn't looking at what everyone else was doing to determine what he would, should be doing. He was focused on what is God asking me, me, to do. What is God's plan for me? Not what is God's plan for everyone else. And he stepped out. And can I tell you, when he stepped out, he was the only one to step out. And sometimes when you start following after what God is asking you to do, to be real honest, it's sometimes lonely. It's sometimes lonely. Remember when we graduated college, man, um, college, Christian college, for all you ORU students, I loved my Christian university. I went to Southwestern University, even TU, man, smaller campus. It's like you're at camp. Like, I'm being for real. It's like you're at this really expensive camp um, that, that never ends, right? And you're at this camp, and you've got all your friends, and you've got all this community, and it's fun. And man, there's times where you're like, I wish camp could be over, and I just want to go home, right? But, but you're at your camp. But when you graduate, nobody told me this. When I graduated, I moved about an hour and a half to Louisville, Texas. I became a youth pastor. Casey and I were engaged. She lived about 30 minutes away. I had a one-bedroom apartment, and I was on my own. And can I tell you, I went from having all these friends and all this community to stepping out of my boat of what I had known the last four years and stepping into the calling that God had for me. And can I tell you, when I did that, it was hard. And it was a little lonely. And it, it took not behaving like I did here. Man, college was great. But, but if I'm going to get out of the boat of college and I'm going to step into the calling and experience the miraculous God had for me, I got to put away college Justin and step into youth pastor Justin, which was still crazy and insane, right? And Paul said this, 1 Corinthians 13, 11, he says, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. And for some of you, it's time for you to grow up and get out of your boat and stop hanging around with your college buddies and step into the calling that God has for you. And I got to tell you, when you do it, when Peter stepped out, he stepped out as the only person in the boat. He's the only person that stepped out of the boat. And I don't know what the disciples, if I was one of the disciples, I'd have been like, oh, I wouldn't step there, Peter, Peter. No, no, Peter. Oh, Simon, Peter, don't step on that wave. Don't do it. Don't, don't. You got to widen your stance, Peter, right? Like, you got to be ready to go. Like, you know, walk faster, Peter. Stop, stop, stop hesitating. Walk. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it, son. Like, do it with some, with some courage. You know, say it from your chest. Go. You know, like, let's go. Um, like, do it. <laughs> And can I tell you, when you decide to do the miraculous, there will always be water walker talkers. <laughs> There's always going to be people that say, oh, I wouldn't have walked on the water like that. Like, sure you did it. Have you ever tried to like run off the diving board into the pool and see how far you can make it? My furthest I've made it is two and a half steps. That was when I was a lot younger. There's always going to be people 
They're going to talk about how you should have done God's calling on your life a different way. Can I, there's always going to be water walker talkers, but in the history of our planet, there's only been one person that was not God named Jesus Christ who has walked on water. And some of you, you have been letting everybody else keep you in the boat because they don't know if you can do it. Stop listening to the naysayers and the people that say you can't and step out of your boat and step into the calling that God has. They may never experience the miraculous. Don't let that stop you. Get to moving. But you know what? For some of us, the thing that is the thing holding us back is our relationships. For some of you, it's about to get really awkward here. For some of you, you want this godly, amazing, miraculous marriage, but you're in your boat playing house and shacking up waiting for God to get in your boat, but you're doing everything but allowing God to get in your boat. Feel that tension? Yeah. <laughs> Just wait for a hot seat coming up in the two weeks. Yeah, hot seat, right? Like, here we go. Here's the deal. For some of you, hey, if he ain't going to commit, you got to walk after what God's got for you. If you're ever going to experience the miraculous in your relationships, man, you got to start doing it the way God's called you to do it. Instead of the way culture's doing it. If you want what culture's got, stay in your boat. If you want what God's got, you got to step out. Man, you, you got to. It's an either-or thing. For some of us, it's our buddies. Listen, the disciples were great guys. They were wonderful guys. They were awesome. And it's not that they were doing anything wrong, but Peter's calling and destiny was not tied to them. It was tied to where Jesus was calling them. And some of you, you're looking around saying, well, what are they doing? Are they staying in the boat? Then I need to stay in the boat, right? Oh, you're going to this snow cone shop place that's not Josh's? Well, let's just go into tyranny and utter discord, and we'll just go try every snow cone place that isn't Josh's because they said it's better. Shut up. What is this? Blasphemy, right? Like, come on. <laughs> and your job is not to keep in your boat saying, well, are they wrong? I'm going to row them. Are they floating? Then I'm going to float. Well, if they've got, I've got to do this. I don't want to be left out. And I'm going to have fear of FOMO, fear of missing out. No, 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 no. You're called. Don't you allow others. I love Peter did not let what the other disciples were doing dictate his calling. There was a place and time where Peter had to move. There was movement that was required. And if you're going to experience the miraculous, hear me today, there's got to be a place in time where you decide that you're going to move towards where Jesus is calling you. You're going to move out of what you've known. You're going to move out of your comfort. You're going to move past comparing yourself to everybody else, and you follow the calling that God has on your life because you don't want to live a life like everyone else. You want to live a life like nobody else, and that requires movement of me and doing the, the unexpected so I can experience the supernatural. If you're going to experience the miraculous in your life, man, you got to move. The woman with the issue of blood, she was in her home. Her home was safety. But if she went out, man, there was a chance if she bumped into the wrong person, she's stoned because she's ritually un 
unclean. But she knew that if I will risk moving towards Jesus, that if I move towards Jesus, there's going to be the miraculous that happens. So the, the, the man that Jesus is at the pool of Bethesda, he says, do you want to get well? He says, yes. He said, pick up your mat and move. Moses had to move from the wilderness to Egypt to step into his destiny. Abraham had to leave what he knew and go to Cana to become the father of nations. Some of you, man, you got to not just move. You got to move towards Jesus like Peter did. Move towards your calling and your destiny and realize God has the miraculous if you will just get out of your boat and step into your calling. The miraculous is waiting for you. You've just got to move at some point. You got to move. Here's what I would tell you. This is kind of like, but you just said that. Listen to me. The second thing is this. Make sure Jesus is calling you out before you get out. Make sure Jesus is calling you out before you get out. Oh, this looks crazy. I'll just do this. No, 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 no. Jesus ain't into crazy. I'm just telling you. He's not. You do crazy on your own, right? Jesus hasn't called you to disorder. Oh, Justin, you just said go do crazy stuff. No, that's a, go do crazy stuff, but don't say Jesus is telling you to do it. That's how cults are started. I'm Matthew 14, <laughs> verse 28 through 29. Lord, if it's you, there's a key word there. Peter said... Tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. You know what? Jesus didn't tell James and John to come, did he? James and John's butt was in that boat. I ain't going nowhere. He didn't say my name, Peter. That's you. That's, that's all you, bro, Right? Thomas is like, oh, I doubt this would even work, right? I mean, doubting Thomas, like, I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> Juice is busy counting the money. Like, I just like, oh, what, what? Um, here's the deal. He called Peter out of the boat. He didn't call James. He didn't call John. He didn't call the other disciples. And you better make sure that you're taking time to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit before you act and then ask the Holy Spirit into the situation with you. The worst advice I've ever heard given is it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. Some of you, you did that this morning. I'm just going to dress like this. I know she hates this shirt. Um, it's easy to, easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. I tell you, that's how you wreak havoc in your life. Man, don't, don't, don't apply that dumb, dumb strategy to your life, to your marriage, to God's calling on your life. But take time to be slow to speak and quick to listen. Is God calling you? Before you get out, you better make sure that God is calling you out. Because otherwise, it's just going to be disorder and chaos. And God's not into disorder, and he's not into absolute chaos. But he's into doing the miraculous 
in the midst of crazy, if that's what he's calling you to. Can I tell you, man, it may look crazy. When Casey and I decided, hey, we're going to start Foundation Church, it was insane, right? Like, it was almost 11 years ago, coming up in September, and, and it didn't, the way we started it didn't make sense. The way we did it was probably the wrong way to do it. There was no sister church. I mean, we jumped into the deep end, and there's a few of you, you jumped in the deep end with us, and I remember working at Starbucks, and people from my last church would be like, oh, Justin, what are you doing at Starbucks? I'm like, like making coffee, reading. Yeah, you know, anyways, um, I'd be like making coffee, and they're like, "Well, what's the plan?" I'm like, "I'm gonna start a church." And they're like, "Oh, good luck with your little church." And I'm like, "I will pour this. I'm spitting in your coffee right now." <laughs> it looked crazy. It it looked dumb. Like, why would you do that? Another church, but that was the calling God called us to do. And God has a calling on you, and it may not make sense, and it may look crazy, and there may be water walker talkers, but man, if God's calling you out, step out of your boat, but make sure he's calling you out. Last thing I would tell you is this, is that if you are going to keep doing this and keep experiencing miraculous, understand every time we take our eyes off Jesus, we fail. Peter found it out very quickly. I don't know if I have ADD. I really don't. I've never been tested. I don't want to be tested. Um, I don't. I, this is just my makeup. Um, but in the mornings, I'm really productive and I'm really focused. And in the afternoon, it's recess. It's like an all afternoon like, I do meetings, I try to have appointments because then I can just talk. I'm not having to focus and really think about it. I can focus from one to three on a screen, you know, in the morning, that's fine. Um, but give me in the afternoon and I'm like, woo, let's go. Um, and, and here's the deal. I just, I, I, I have a hard time keeping my focus in the afternoons. And what I think is true of me and my schedule and my days, I think is very true in our relationships with Jesus Christ. Is that you start off and man, your focus is on Jesus Christ. Man, you start off and your focus is there and you're staying focused and you're following and you're stepping out of your boat, but time comes in and at some point, sometime, if we're not careful, we can lose our focus and we can stop staying fixated on our Savior. And it happened to Peter really quickly. Matthew 14, 28 through 30. It says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down on the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. I love that. But when he saw the wind, and when it's saying he saw the wind, he didn't have Jedi mind powers all of a sudden where he could see invisible things. It's not that he saw the wind, it's that he saw the effects of the storm. He saw the effects of the wind. And can I tell you, that's what gets us. When you start seeing the effect the situation's having on your life and around you, that's when it's hard to keep your focus. He was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Some of us, that's where we are. We're in the midst of a storm. We've gone through just a rough time. And instead of keeping your gaze fixed on your Savior, you're looking at the situation. But when did Peter sink? when he took his eyes off his Savior. And when you allow your eyes to be taken off your Savior and into the situation, that's where fear and anxiety creeps in. When you start taking your eyes off your Savior and you start taking and putting your eyes on what everybody else is saying and you're listening to everybody else and you start limiting yourself and you're seeing everything that can go wrong, that's when fear comes in. But 
Paul said this in Ephesians chapter 4, that he can give you a peace that passes all understanding. That in the midst of the storm, while the waves are coming at you and there's a storm all around you, that if you can keep your eyes fixated on your situation and your Savior, you can go through situations that blow other people's minds. You're not full of anxiety and fear. Why? Because you've locked eyes with your solution. You've gazed into your Savior, and you're staying fixated there. But we get in trouble when we take our gaze and we start looking around us instead of right here. Um, I have trouble running on a treadmill. Um, I, I, I can't look at the TV screen on a treadmill or I like get off the tread, you know what I'm saying? And I step on a stationary part of the treadmill, I'm like, oh, you know, I look like I'm getting like a, like I look like I'm having a moment, like, whoa, getting ready to start a Jer Jericho march at the gym. Um, and um, I, 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 I can't, like I see, I see people talking on a treadmill and it's like, blows my mind. I think they should be on America's Got Talent because I'm like, how do you do that? How do you run? And I see ladies doing it all the time and they're running and like, isn't this great? It's so awesome. Um, and we've got to keep running because we've spent a hundred dollars on Lululemon stretchy pants that are just a sweating. It makes no sense, ladies. It makes no sense. Uh, anyways, um, sorry. Um, and they're just running. And I'm like, how do, you, how do you do that? I mean, maybe the stretchy pants have magical powers. I have no idea. But how do, how do you, how, how? I have to stay fixated on my time, on my pace, and I'm, I'm, I, can, I can hardly talk. Because I'm like, I'm, I, these legs are not coordinated. It's like a giraffe running on a treadmill. It just doesn't make sense. And so I've got to stay fixated and I've got to look straight ahead and I've got to focus so that I don't fall off and hurt myself and break something. Can I tell you, it's the same thing in our walk in our relationship with Jesus Christ in life. When Peter got out of the boat, when he finally gets out of the boat and Jesus says, come, and he walks towards Jesus, not just a matter of getting out, you've got to make sure you're walking towards the right thing. He walks towards Jesus he keeps his eyes fixated and fixed on his Savior. He's doing great. But when he loses his focus, he starts to sink. And the author, the author of the book of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, says this in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. And I'm, I'm done. i got to close with this. It says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. The distractions, what's going on around us, the situations, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who perfects our faith. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Another translation says the author and perfecter of our faith. Other people aren't writing your story. Allow him to. Keep your eyes fixated here because what I believe is this at some point, at some time, man, you got to step out of your boat and become the leader. God's calling you and you and you and you and every single one of us in here to be. And it doesn't look like the other disciples' callings. It doesn't look like your other friends' callings. But you run your race. And you run it by keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. Because he's the one in charge of writing your story.
He's the one in charge of giving you turn-by-turn directions if you will just stay faithful and following him. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And I thank you and I give you praise and glory in this place. And Lord, I ask right now, for those of us that we're in here, and, and, and Lord, maybe we've just failed to follow. Lord, some of us, we've just stayed comfortable. We've, the truth is, we're just scared to get out of the boat because it's unknown. It's new. We don't have any experience stepping into where you're calling us. Lord, I pray, speak to us today. And Lord, don't let fear dominate our life. Don't let the fear of failure, don't let the fear of unknown, don't let the fear of other people's opinions, don't let the fear of how it's going to look keep us in the boat. But Lord, I pray that there would be movement in this place this morning that there would be movement in people's lives this morning, that in their boat, they would begin to move and get out to where you are calling them. And they would begin to walk towards Jesus, not after their own aspirations, not after their own ideas, not after what everybody else is going after and talking about, but Lord, they would walk after the calling that you have placed on their life and that Lord, they would keep fixated on you, that they would keep their attention turned towards you because you're the author and you're the perfecter of our story and our faith. So God, I pray, let us run with purpose in every step. Lord, even when it gets rough, even when it's going, the wind is battering against us, Lord, I pray that our eyes would stay focused on you and we wouldn't get consumed with what the effects of the storm around us. But Lord, we would realize that if we're going to experience the miraculous, man, there's something new you're calling us to. So, Lord, I pray that we would just truly, honestly answer this question this morning. Do we want to live a life like everyone else, or do we want to live a life like no one else? Because, Lord, if the answer is the latter, then, Lord, we've got to do things. We've got to step out of our boat so that we can experience the miraculous that you have for us moving our lives today. In Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed, eyes closed. In this place, if you're here today and you say, Justin, you know, I'm, I'm here. Somewhere along the way, man, I just, I just took my gaze off my Savior. Somewhere along the way, I, I, I took my, my gaze off Jesus Christ and I've sunk and I've drifted and where I'm at isn't where I should be, and I need to get things right in my relationship with Jesus Christ. Today, you may be here. Maybe you've never made that decision. Either way, if that's you, I'm going to count to three, and all I'm going to do is invite you to raise your hand. And we're going to lead you in a prayer to change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here you say, Justin, that's me today? Man, I need to move towards Jesus. I need to get out of my boat. There's one, there's two. Is there anyone else? You join these two hands that are lifted before we go any further in service today. You say, Justin, that's me today. You say, man, there's, there's a movement that needs to happen in my life today before we go any further in service. You join these two hands. Is there anyone else? Yeah, I see your hand. Is there anyone else? You join these three hands. Is there anyone else? 
you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. I confess that I've sinned, that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. And so, Jesus, I confess you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.